0: You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. So today, beloved, I am going to preach about perspective. About perspective. And this message is about myths and mindsets and the power of rewriting our stories. You see, beloved, as we approach Thanksgiving Day, I am grateful for the mindset that we claim here at Union that every day is a day of Thanksgiving. And yet and still, I am grateful and thankful for the opportunities that this time of the year affords us because it allows us to gain better perspective about the things that matter most in our lives. When we have opportunities uh, to gather at table, round table, with ones that we love, friends and family, it has a way of reorienting how we see the world. I'm grateful for those opportunities to just lean in and to share and to celebrate and give thanks. On Thursday at the Seniors Lunch Club, we got a foretaste of Thanksgiving and we had a, a wonderful meal of fellowship uh, downstairs. And in the months to come, we invite all the seniors to continue this breaking of bread this time of Thanksgiving. Uh, but you know, amidst all of the bounty of this season, having had a Thanksgiving meal on Thursday and, and getting ready for this Thanksgiving meal this coming Thursday, I, I still cannot help but to remember and think about, the unfortunate and, 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 and terrible, in, in fact, the, the, the tragic and, and, and malicious fact that, that in a world of bounty, there are way too many people who are food insecure. All right, perspective. Uh, You know, it it gives us an opportunity and that's why on Tuesday we'll have our Thanksgiving Day of Sharing here at Union, providing uh, food baskets for hundreds of families that that emerges out of a 30-year partnership between Union uh, and Dana Hall School, one of our former members uh, who used to be a custodian, the sexton at Dana Hall School, uh, offered a partnership, has a way of connecting Boston and Wellesley, that place and this place, an opportunity for us to look again, to think again. And, and in the midst of this season, I've been thinking, that, and, and it's come to my, my realization that embedded within the myth of America, in that first Thanksgiving, still, it is a story about scarcity and lack about food insecurity, and even so, uh, today, still too many lack, too many go to bed hungry, uh, when in fact, the beauty of the earth does actually produce enough to feed everyone who's alive. We must take perspective these days. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, uh, but I do have to go here on today. I'm not not trying to ruin Thanksgiving, but I, I, I want to invite us to reimagine Thanksgiving in this season for just a bit, that amidst our celebration, we must remember the constituting contradiction that is at the heart of what we do. You know, I'm I'm reading David Silverman's This Land Is Their Land, the Wampanoag Indians, Plymouth Colony, and the Troubled History of Thanksgiving. So as New Englanders just miles from Plymouth, the landing of the Mayflower and that so-called first Thanksgiving this time of the year offers us an opportunity to gain perspective, an opportunity to reconsider again this story. Because of our social location, we have a particular obligation to look critically because we are proximate and close to where it just all happened, Mm -hmm. right? And when we look at things that are close to us, we might discover that our Thanksgiving story is in fact full of myths And the story of Thanksgiving that we learned in grade school has actually very little to do with with what actually happened in history. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm excited for all the greens, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, lambs, rams, hogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbit you name it that will come uh, on Thanksgiving. But look, we know that. From the historical record, there, there probably wasn't even turkey at the so-called first Thanksgiving. Turkey was added years later, perhaps decades after that meal in Plymouth. And the meal actually wasn't an act of gratitude uh, from the pilgrims to the native Wampanoag Indians for helping them through their first tough New England winter. In reality, history tells us that the pilgrims were having a private party for themselves, celebrating their conquest. And in fact, the Wampanoag Indians arrived to this mill because the pilgrims fired their rifles as a show of force intended to intimidate the Indians who lived nearby. So as they celebrated at this so-called first Thanksgiving, the, the conquest of this new place and being able to survive a tough winter, uh, they, 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 they engaged in war games that, that actually initiated a 400-year-old tale of gun violence in the United States. And the Indians, they show up to protect themselves from further European conquest and manifest destiny. The Wampanoag people who had been at war show up right amidst the war games of the pilgrims who are shooting rifles and the Indians are ready to defend themselves against the English settlers or better yet, the colonizers. So right, the first Thanksgiving is more like a commemoration dinner than it is a celebration. Uh, More like an awkward truce honoring a mutual defense pact than it is a celebratory dinner party. You see, the first Thanksgiving is much more complicated than the grade school story that we were taught. And at the same time, it's actually pretty simple, beloved, showing up somewhere that you don't belong and then claiming authority and sovereignty over it like it was yours and just there for the taking. So in actuality, the first Thanksgiving, which we celebrate, is really about stealing. Yes. Yes. Land and a people. So as we gather in this place, in the season, we always have to acknowledge that we live on stolen land. Yeah, the first Thanksgiving in some ways celebrated the survival of the colonizers and the assistance of the native people. And the one of the Indians credited in our childhood story with the teaching the colonizers how to survive was indeed Squanto a potuxic Indian, but he wasn't just a nice guy who wanted to help out his new neighbor. We have to understand that Squanto, the Indian who helped the pilgrims colonizers survive the first uh, New England winter was in fact an enslaved person, stolen from his land, taken to Spain, sold to monks, religious monks, then shipped back to the Americas to teach, the colonizers how to till the land that had been stolen and when he gets back he realizes that his people the Pawtuxk people actually had been decimated by the epidemics that the Europeans brought in the first place. So what do we do with it, right? What do we do with it? As I said at the beginning, uh, this message is about myths and mindsets and the power of potentially rewriting our stories. So I'm preaching about perspective today because I believe that when we gain perspective about the myths that shape us, we actually might be able to claim the power to do something about it. Yes. You see, in life, we often look for easy answers. And the reality is that in life, well, life, it's, it's complicated. And that's not the end of the story. Because when we realize that our narrative is broken, we can fix it. Yes. And when we realize that our story is incomplete, then we can write a new chapter. I believe today, beloved, that the work of demythologizing isn't simply about discarding everything, about throwing the proverbial bathwater, the baby out with the bathwater. No, that's actually not so helpful. right? Still we rejoice and we give thanks and we gather around table and we do so with perspective in the work of demythologizing and, and, and that work allows us actually to find the truth so that we might write the next chapter of a very complicated story. And this is particularly meaning for us here as we gather in this place, because in fact, as Christians, we celebrate and we read from a Bible that is actually full of myths. They are many of them not factually true, accurate, but still true for our hearts. Teaching us about these grand, tru- these grand truths of the one who loves us breaks into time so that we might experience Fully, right, the the creation story, like creation, the world probably didn't happen uh, in in six days, right, but because God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways, perhaps the, the days are metaphorical ways of thinking about eons and eons of time which allow us to believe in creation and evolution at the same time. Right? We, Noah's Ark probably didn't hold all the animals in the world, and, and, and still we know that it, it, it gives glimpses of a story of a God who is with us through the floods, right? right? We, we, we know that, that, that the miraculous escape from Egypt is probably a little bit more complicated than, than a simple story provides us. These myths, these stories, many of which are made up, they might not entirely be factually accurate, But yet these acts of imagination allow us to dream. And when we place in proper perspective these biblical tales and stories and narratives and myths, then we might inhabit a new place. And and when we allow ourselves to dream and and we place in proper perspective uh, these stories and narratives, we might actually build a new house to live in. And we might make our homes in a new location. The power. Of perspective beloved on this last Sunday of new November the last Sunday of the Christian calendar year I am indeed grateful for the many persons that have preached powerful words from this pulpit in the last few weeks because it has allowed me perspective and permitted me to look at things anew and I want us to pay attention on today to what's going on in this place, in our location called Union. On the first Sunday of November, Pastor Nicky on All Saints Sunday, uh, the first Sunday of November uh, preached in this place. And then on the second Sunday, Minister Adama preached at the 8 a.m. service. And then at the 11 a.m. service, Justin and, and Melissa offered a message for Laity Sunday. And last week, we were blessed by a guest preacher, Reverend Naomi Washington Leaphart, Every person, each one in their own way delivered a message from their own perspective that spoke to our hearts. So I want to observe something about the power of preaching that has been revealed in the manner in which we have experienced the divine through a variety of messengers. In this, we observe that God is not a God who speaks only in one voice or through a single person. So you see the very act of sharing in the sermon across multiple speakers is actually a reflection of the very character of a God who comes close to us in more ways than we can imagine. A God who speaks to us in more languages than we can comprehend. A God who cannot be confined to one container. Yes, a God whose ways are not our ways and a God whose thoughts are not our thoughts. A God who transcends our tribes and affinity groups and particularities and yet instill a God who sees us in our particularities, in our uniqueness and calls us each by name. God who calls us beloved. I'm grateful for the preachers who have preached in this pulpit recently because it reminds us that what's happening around us when we uh, look at those who are in and of our midst. You see, gratitude is an act of paying attention, paying attention to what's in our midst, the people, the preachers, the voices among us through which God speaks. Gratitude is that act of paying attention because you can't say thank you if you don't see what's happening around you. And beloved, while I'm excited to be back preaching for the next two Sundays, I'm grateful for these recent opportunities not to have preached. Not because I don't enjoy preaching, because I do. And not because I don't cherish the hours of, of, of writing and, and preparation, because I do. I am grateful for those opportunities not to preach because it has allowed me the chance to be and to sit among the people in this place who continue to preach. Mm-hmm. The opportunity, the perspective to actually sit in the pews, because when I do so, I'm permitted a different perspective. You see, depending on where you sit and where you stand radically changes what you hear. The union sound sounds differently when you're immediately close to the speakers or or when you're on the far side of the church. Your placement, it matters, and it influences your worldview. Your social location significantly shapes how you show up in the world. You see, as Paula Giddens said, when and where you enter circumscribes how you interpret the world around you. One of the things I have loved observing when I'm able to sit in the pews as I have these past couple of weeks is the variety of ways in which we worship. It's a thing of pure beauty. Some of us shout. Others of us remain silent. Yet all of us are engaged in this Beautiful and powerful encounter with God and with one another. I love it when folks who were uh, looking for their breakthrough find it in this place. When they come into this place and experience just what they came here for. Maybe it's a line from a song or or maybe it's the way the ensemble sang that that song or the way the lead, Eddie, you know, hits that particular note. Maybe it's how one of our senior saints prays. It's a beautiful thing, right, to observe bodies relaxing, hearts being strangely warmed, spirits being renewed. Yet it's a thing of pure beauty to witness how God speaks to each of us in different ways through different parts of the service and 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 when when sitting in the pews i love watching the reaction of first timers when we reach that giving portion of the sermon of the service right that, that, that when we reach the giving portion of the service uh, and watching a first timer because something unusual happens Following the first scripture reading when the liturgist says, and now it's time for the offering and the congregation, we burst into applause. It's time for the offering, right? I remember my first time here at Union and it happened. I was a little bit startled, actually, (laughs) right? I was taken aback, even confused. What did I miss something? Uh, It's kind of funny to observe first timers. You can almost see the gears turning in folks' heads. Someone might whisper, why are they clapping? Why are they clapping? First-timers at Union often have an odd reaction because our response to the offering appeal actually runs counter to the grain of our society's culture. Our congregation's culture of gratitude in some ways conflicts with what the world tells us about giving or not giving, as it were. Right, often fundraisers tell us to give until it hurts. Well, why in the world would I want to do something if, voluntarily if it actually hurts me? Right, so, so some fundraisers have adjusted it and said give until it stops hurting. And I've even heard a further amendment, give until it's fun. So for us at Union, Giving and gratitude go hand in hand, which is why when it's offering time, we put our hands together. Our perspective towards giving is grounded in that scripture, yes, God loves a cheerful giver. And in fact, the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, said it this way, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. So giving It is for us a grateful response to the grace of God. And because we have perspective on the way in which God shows up in our lives, we give thanks. Because every day is a day of thanksgiving. Our place, this place, It matters. It offers us insight, a way of thinking, of rethinking, even reordering. So yes, when we know that the story of Thanksgiving was in fact made up in the first place, we can actually remake it in this place, and when we see it in here, In our hearts in this place then we might be able to see it out there yes beloved we can dream a new dream when this one has become a nightmare and we might realize that there are in fact no narratives that are so permanent and there is no story that is so finished that we cannot write another chapter yes yes. Yes, I believe that in the totality of Thanksgiving we see a new story that is perhaps being written, and we, the people, have the pen. Thanksgiving, it's not simply a day, it's not simply a holiday, but rather a mindset. And the anatomy of a grateful soul is that we gain perspective that allows us to write to write again, to dream, to dream again. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.